Hello and welcome to Jumper to Conclusions with me, Harry Durham. Me, Ryan Bliss, and our special guest this week is Katie, Katie O'Farrell. We're very, very pleased to have her on today. We are delighted, Ryan. Delighted. Thank you for arranging that A for us, Harry. and honour. Absolutely. Um, tell me about your week and your weekend, particularly. We won the Bad Rails, Ryan. Tenth time. Yes. What a what a what an exciting race. Present man was obviously going for his third, which was always going to be quite difficult. The ground probably went against him. I, I can't tell you how much it rained. Yeah. The morning before it was horrific, wasn't it? Before biblical. And then what happened was rather annoyingly actually. Paul told me in May he was going to win the Bad Rails with giving me a copper. <laughs> and he as did, only he and can he, and he did which was you know awfully annoying did we tell Tessa and Mark Woodhouse that no I mean you know they were both obviously trying their best as like when our horses are in when two horses of ours are in a race it's sort of you know all of our owners know that they're trying their best absolutely right um, but give me a copper has always threatened to or, or indeed if you have only one in the race it's still trying its best oh there. yes if one's in its race they're <laughs> trying their best too or three in fact mm. um, but Give me a copper made a fool out of me in the spring because I told everyone that would listen that I believed he was going to win the Ultima. Yeah, I had him in a really unsuccessful lucky 15. Yeah, and he f- fell in a very unpromising position mm. last. But he won the Badger Rails under a very good ride from Harry. Yeah, it was good. A nice weekend. Confirmation bars were good in the bumper. The rest of them ran well with the exception, I think is the right word, of mm-hmm. Dancider, who was slightly disappointing. But apart from that, all good, Ryan, yes. Talking of Wincanton, shout out to Charlie Pelham and Henry Pelham, who are both apparently listeners to the podcast. Uh, they are owners of ours, and um, I'm, we're going to play Charlie's cricket team in the summer, which is exciting. Charlie lives in London. It's probably more exciting for Charlie because I think he's pretty serious, whereas we're very much... Yeah, it'll be exciting for them until they see our warm-up. We're very much learning on the show. Yeah, and they'll be like, right... This is a wasted day. Do you think? Um, yeah, and Henry is also, as I said, known as um, who's Charlie's father. Very, very nice man. And uh, they listen to the pod. They <laughs> so do. they've they obviously do. got too much time yeah. on their hands. Their owner's in the yard as well. Yeah, yeah, they are. Kilmington Rose is their four-year-old presenting filly, who is a very nice mare. Will run in a bumper in the next six weeks, I would imagine. Very good. But, but just while we were talking about Wincanton, shout out to them, podcast listeners. Mm. And um, yeah, clearly got too much time on their hands to listen to this. We need all the friendly drivel we can get. <laughs> Absolutely. How's your week, Ryan? Pretty good. Um, You've w- given up drinking. I've got, yes, I had two hangovers Shall we in talk three about nights. That? Well, it just becomes a little bit habit, doesn't it? When you sort of two and th- two hangovers in three days, it is can't it, be right. Is it? Is it true you were sick during your nose? No, I wasn't sick once. Okay. Well, However, I did have to endure a vicious rumour going around the veil. I did have to endure a. A journey to Fontwell with you and Lorcan. Uh, you look rough. I yeah. felt rough, yeah. 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 Just, you know, listeners, when a guy is sort of sat in the passenger seat, do- dozing in and out of consciousness, sort of with his head slightly tilted back. <laughs> I, think, I think it was the fifth time when you asked me if I was okay. I thought, oh dear, I need to make more of an effort here. <laughs> Megan, my wife's always said I need to work on my, my game face, my, my sort of putting on a brave, brave show, really. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I sort of enjoyed the fact that you were hungover. Just a little bit. <laughs> it's sort of quite funny. So I got, I got to we got to Fontwell very early, didn't we? we? Did. Because Lorcan was in the first. Yeah, he can't. Drive. I was there looking after people who had a horse in the three hundred five. You were in the last race, so we were there all day. So I thought, get there at quarter past half past eleven. I'll sit there with the computer for a couple of hours, do some work. Not one bit of it. All my owners were there, all sixteen of them, at half past eleven. 
So I was had to be at my most charming all day Not from half time, eleven to half past four. Well, yes, it can be hard work at times. Luckily, the horse ran well. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Finished second, I believe. Second, yeah. Yeah, as mm. did your bumper horse that day. Ran nice horse. Yeah. Nice horse. Three under through five, which I was not earlier in the day while playing golf with another listener, Adrian Brown. Although you'll be pleased to know at his home course, he once again couldn't beat me. Yeah, you drew, I understand. <laughs> yeah. And he was five up through six holes. I played like I was trying to play hockey. Okay. Um, which is not ideal when you're trying to play golf. Um, and then <laughs> he still couldn't beat me. So, no. Adrian, well done, mate. I, it was an absolute you, joy. Were you at your best? Was Adrian having a bit of a bad day? Early on, I was at my very worst. Okay. You, you did say that. And then I sort of got a bit better. Um, and I think it is probably down to Adrian's lack of golfing prowess that I got back to, to draw the match with it. I, I must admit, on the journey, I couldn't quite work out what the rush was because we got there so far before Lorcan's race. It was only later it transpired you had a golfing appointment to make then it became obvious what you were well there was entertaining owners right and I, that's a absolutely. sort of part of the job i take very seriously well, yeah, absolutely right um, as yeah. does your your boss absolutely we're probably always... not with a golf club in we're his in... hands well sometimes <laughs> <laughs> um we're we're in the entertainment business you know? yeah so it to to sort of cap that off it's a pretty good weekend really and picked all he's fine after falling in france yeah long way to go to fall on reflection, mm. um, but fine, he's come back out of the race, cantered since. So frustrating, actually, because um, we think he's a really good horse, and it was sort of a, a time in the race where you don't know how he's going to run. So, like, as frustrating as Fallen is, at least if it was at the second last one, you might have had an idea of how he's going to run, but Absolutely. of course, that le- early on in the race, it was just like, well, we've no idea. Mm. So, um, but he's fine. It's just one of those frustrating things. Nobody wants to get... You don't want to go to Wincanton and fall. You of definitely don't not. want to go to Autoy and fall. No. But look, the French say, c'est la vie. They do, they do. Which I believe means that's life. I, I understand that that's, that to be correct, yes. Yeah, so, um, Bon. Which one to appeal to a wider audience? <laughs> we are, look. If there's any French out there... We'll take you. Merci bien. <laughs> um, Harry, I think Can that's... Can you introduce Katie? It's definitely yeah. time to... It, this is going downhill rapidly. Yeah. I don't think it ever started that high up. No, well, I think it's time to bring in Katie, Katie who is a new yes. addition to the a yard. A new addition to the yard, new addition to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, or thank you for forcing me to be here. Yeah, so there is a sort of slight story to this, Ryan. Um, mm. Katie and I went to Lingfield today. Katie rode in the bumper, which happily was the first, not the last. And um, on the way back, while speaking to you, it was slightly in my head that I thought... Oh. A good guest on the show would be Katie. Yes. Harry's rearranged his plans for this evening, you see. Yes. I let him down yesterday. Yeah, and he had sure. an arrangement this evening, which uh, which luckily he uh, he's managed to avoid. Mm. So I'm delighted to be here this evening, which means the podcast goes out on time on a Wednesday morning. Yeah, which is um, sort of quite good, considering you did let me down last night, Ryan. So I did. For that. I did. I was cleaning tactile to the half past eight. Gosh. So I'm collateral damage. Yeah. Very good. Okay. We're delighted to have you. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a great accident. Katie moved over from Ireland almost six weeks ago. Katie, um, you told me a lot about yourself today, from a riding point of view and your life in general. And I thought, hmm, there might be two or three people interested about it. Right. You've obviously come over here to ride. I have. And you've had your first couple of rides for Paul. Tell us about the move. Why you did it? What's your name and where you come from? Okay, 
<laughs> okay, so obviously you know my name. Katie um, O'Farrell. Katie O'Farrell. I'm from Kilkenny in Ireland and trying very hard to not speak too Irish right now. Speak um, as Irish as you like. We appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you. Absolutely. I get a lot of stick for that. You can't do subtitles on a podcast, you say. <laughs> okay, no. good to know. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like I've been in horses all my life. Um, you know my brother, Connor. Nice man. Jockey. Very nice man. I think you have a bit of a fancy for him, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, my eldest brother James was also a jockey, so my, my dad had horses when I was younger. I obviously started out doing all the usuals. Um, pony club, was big into eventing, um, all that kind of normal stuff. And then my first job, say my first weekend job when I went to college was at William Mullins's. Um, which is just about half an hour from home. Not a bad place to start. Not a bad place Pretty to start. Pretty good, I'd say. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess at the time, I mean, all I wanted to do was horses, but my mum had it drilled into me that, you know, horses is no life for a girl, says she, who has been a horsewoman all her life. <laughs> um, <laughs> lead by example or not. Um, but, yeah, so uh, naturally I was not forced, but I guess designed to go to university, get educated. Um, so I have a degree in Irish and geography. Brains, Ryan. It's dangerous. <laughs> Amazing. A degree in Irish. I know. Yeah. That's so. possible. It's incredible. <laughs> so to be a teacher, naturally. Um, wow. Which That's I have, incredible. Which yeah, I have, it's exciting, isn't it? Which I have never used, um, but it's there and it gives me great comfort and security at times. Um, just knowing that I have that. Knowing that you have a brain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Just thinking, I'm educated. A qualification. <laughs> I'm qualified. I am qualified to do something other than this. And mm -hmm. it makes my mum very happy too. So, um, but yeah, I suppose when I went to college, I was more interested in, in, in riding out in the mornings than going out at night. Not, not much of a point. raver. Not much of a raver. No, but mm. I mean, that's not. Unlike Ryan, my friend here. Unlike not, not usually. <laughs> it was a complete raver. <laughs> not usually. Um, um, but yeah, so that's, I suppose, I when I started, I got my first job, like I said, for Willie Mullins, and I just could not believe I got paid to do this. I was like, this is great. Going to come in in the morning, mm. ride out a few horses and get paid. Amazing. Like all my life I was, for, not forced, but sent out to the yard to do jobs, ride ponies, eventing, the works. And I loved it. Um, and I guess you get to that age then where you have to start working and making your way. And, and mm -hmm. I, now I was getting paid to do the one thing that I love to do. So just thought this was the greatest thing ever. And when I went to university then, um, I just searched the the um, Irish field directory to see what trainers were around. Gordon Elliott happened to be ha half an hour away. So I gave him a call. And <laughs> it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> gave him a call and I got in there riding out and at the time Gordon Elliott if we had if we had six people riding out it was good morning you know good you You're know kidding. six or seven people riding out in the old place Caprani is what it was called it was a good day it was a good morning you know solid numbers but now there's like 46 56 you know it's it's crazy how much he's grown in all the time that I've worked so, for him Paul's one of the smaller yards you've worked at then Katie <laughs> well I don't know <laughs> Um, I'm I'm coming from the best to the best, so yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's 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 it wasn't intentional at the time. I didn't even have a license, um, and 
Patrick Mullins is one of my good friends and he one Christmas as a Christmas present gave me my gave me the uh the, the application form mm -hmm. to get my amateur license because he just thought like if I was able to ride and, and I well. ride out you yeah. know why not get involved and see see what I think of it so I did I got my license and I was uncompetitive as an amateur for a number of years because education was number one drilled mm -hmm. into me by my mother um good advice yeah, well, yeah. I, I got it done anyway. I ticked the box. I was never a lover of college. I knew it wasn't really what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to drop out to, no, to do no, nothing. No, no, good for you, yeah. Um, so I just said, look, I'd finish it and it would always be something that I would have. And teaching is not... So, I, I taught in pony camp and, you mm -hmm. know, I, I, I did that kind of thing. So that was that was why I taught. She's maybe. very sensible for the podcast, right? I'd say, I'd say. <laughs> But anyway, I suppose Willie would be my major sort of. That's how people would 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 know me now because I've had a couple of big winners for him. Okay. Um, I guess when I was an amateur, I was uncompetitive for a few years. When I finished university, I went to work for Aidan O'Brien for two seasons. It's a cool story, Ryan. Is it not? It's a really good story. So I came I'm out. A bit, of, I'm a bit jealous. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> came out of college and um, or university, as you call it here. Um, you call out, it college now. We then. call it college, but college here is something different, isn't it? Very yes. different. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. Sixth so, form. Yes. Yeah. So I have to like change that a bit. So I came out of university. I was a bit, um, you know, God, what do I do now? Because I, all of my group of friends were going on to do a HDIP to be either a primary or a secondary school teacher, this kind of thing, mm -hmm. and I was like, mm, I've, I've done my degree now. This is that's enough for me. Yeah. And so um, initially, I just started working for both. Gordon and Willie sort of mixed through the week. Yeah. And difficult um, to do, I should say. Just think. for the benefit of the tape, Ryan's face looks so excited. He's <laughs> like, Willie, Aiden, Gordon. She worked, she's worked This Aiden. is amazing. Well, we love Aiden, don't we? Yeah, we love Aiden. We absolutely love <laughs> it. Absolute Aiden groupies, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's a fact. So I realised that I couldn't keep, I was still an amateur at this time. I realised I couldn't keep doing this. Like I wasn't really getting anywhere, going anywhere. But coming out of college, I think everyone's thinking the same. They're they're under this sort of illusion or pressure that, God, life begins now, you know. And I just wasn't ready to go teaching or any of that. So, Aidan's. It was actually between Aidan and John Oxus. Um, I kind of toyed with both of them, and I suppose there'd be sort of a relationship between my dad and Aidan. When I was younger, Aidan used to ride horses for my dad. When my dad had horses with it, Joe Incredible. Crowley. Incredible. It's too much, isn't it? It is right? too much. So I'm, I'm I'm almost at the edge. It's like a bestseller. <laughs> yes. On the edge of your seats here. This folks. is definitely I can see a book coming. I really can. <laughs> and she can write it. So. Yeah, exactly. She's educated <laughs> to write it. I actually uh, I think it was a couple of years ago I went into racing was on in Punchestown one morning and I went into Noel Meads for the first time. I never I don't ever ride out for Noel Mead. But um, I went in with Sean Flanagan, a friend of mine, one day, and we we just we rode out for that morning and met Noel that morning. And you know he was like, "Oh, who do you work for?" And told him I'd done a couple of seasons with with Aiden. I worked for Willie and Gordon, and at the time I was riding up for Enda Bulger as well. And he just gave me a look of complete surprise. He was like, "Well, you're gonna know how to train anyway." I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's not really something I'm interested in. But um, very sensible. Yes, very. <laughs> yeah. So I did my two year, my two seasons in uh, Bally Doyle. Absolutely loved it. Um, I improved a lot while I was there because it was the first time that I was full time riding out every day, and um, you know, obviously riding nice horses too. And so, any, any stars you can remember, Katie? Um, 
I was I never rode any, I rode horses that won maidens and, and handicaps yeah. but I, I didn't ride a star okay. um, in my time there um, but um, there are hundreds of horses there so for the <laughs> benefit they take Harry is practicing his signature and yours and that's what you can hear right. oh can you hear it you can hear it yeah God. yeah it's very sensitive it's like me it's be a bit like you yeah slightly sensitive you, we stem the flow now. Anyway, continue, Katie. Sorry, I'm just I'm just practicing my handwriting. Am I boring you? No, well, absolutely no, no. not. <laughs> Tell us about Aidens. We're fascinated about Aidens. Um, yeah, a brilliant place to work. I loved it. Is he always um, listening and delighted? Always listening and delighted. Yeah. That is so good so to we hear, all. Isn't it? it was a really cool place. We all had to wear um, um, oh bum bags. GPSs. No. No. So we all wore GPSs, guessing. so they knew how fast we were traveling at all times and how you were managing your furlongs and stuff. Really? Um, so based on where you were on the string and that, you know, and you might be brought up to the front and to, to lead the to lead the string or, or set the pace, um, which I was for a while, which was cool. Um, okay. And then we also had we had walkie talkies and earpieces, so we had to wear an earpiece all through the morning and so he could talk to you if he wanted incredible know. yeah so he could say anything be it when you're when you're cantering up the gallop or you know walking past him or trotting around he could he could catch you doing anything or ask you to do something that, different that's so. incredible isn't it yeah it's cool isn't it i mean it's yeah. i could listen to aiden o'brien stories for quite a little no days. wonder when one of the group one horses wins he can list 10 members of staff that have been involved with it yeah because he's speaking he's to speaking them. to them all exactly no, literally, he does say everybody's name every single lot, every single day. He in, like engages so well with people, mm. like he does, like every day. Every day, he is like he is like that. And I was very lucky, you know, you have to be quite light to ride work there. They're very particular about that, and I got to ride work, which was a great privilege because there imagine. weren't, you know, there was it was just jockeys really. Yeah. Um and at the time I was, you know, an, an, an unestablished amateur, you know, but he I suppose I was I was able to ride too, which, you know. So but he'd worked out from the the GPS that obviously you got your fractions right so that even though yeah. you you hadn't ridden 5000 flat winners, you obviously knew what you were doing. Yeah, I suppose maybe that's that's part of it too. Um but weight was a lot to do with it. You were always mm -hmm. paired up with someone who was similar or the exact same weight as you uh, or, you know, little groups. And, and that's yeah. how we worked it. So at least that part of it couldn't be brought into how a horse worked. No. Every horse no. is carrying the same weight. So, um, you know, there must be a different issue if a horse can't keep up with the rest of them kind of thing. So I, I guess it just puts a line through one, one Absolutely uh, right. yeah. you know, point of doubt. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot there and I improved a lot. Um, I, my riding improved a lot there. Um, but getting to ride work uh, was it was a, a big help and I guess I rode my dad had a couple of handicappers at the time so I was riding over hurdles as an amateur against professionals and I had a couple of winners and just because I was you know riding well from riding you know um, so sharply I suppose you could say in Ballyd Oil absolutely like you because they're flat horses and you know you're riding among, you know among the best of them with Joseph and, and Colm O'Donoghue who was there at the time and Shami Heffernan and you know, you're surrounded by the best people and I'm very lucky that I have been surrounded by mm. the best people from day one. From you know, it's the same when I go into Willie's, um, you know, you're, you're riding work with Ruby Walsh and Paul Town and Paddy Mullins, all of them. Um, so it's it's uh yeah, it's I've I've been lucky that I've been surrounded by the best and that's what they say, isn't it? Surround so, yourself with the best people. So like you say, you've you've had to be shot the whole time because if you're not, they'll be picking you up on it straight away or helping advice, giving you advice. 
making yeah, improvements. Yeah, in, in, in Ballydoyle now, you they, they don't really have time for teaching people. You either no, I'm you sure. come in with it, you know, there's a lot of, uh, how would you say, like retired jockeys that come okay. in and work there and are like worth their weight in gold because mm -hmm. they can come back, you know, they've got the experience and the knowledge to come back to Aiden and tell him what he needs to know. Um, so you you'll see a lot of that older older lads who have have been there and done that. Yeah. Um, and he values those people greatly. Um, but yeah, like I said, I I was riding over hurdles. Um, good bit on good handicappers, as in you know straight horses. I had very little experience, but I was riding nice horses who jumped well and taught me plenty got you so, into good habits yeah got me, exactly taught me yeah. good habits all i was thinking at the time was god i don't want to get in anyone's way here i no, just want to go in a straight line and i mean i rode horses that just saw strides themselves mm. and you know if a horse fell in front of me i, I remember the specific day on a, a horse called strain of fame who i got as a or an old horse out of willie mullins that just wasn't really good enough to make the grade and um i got, had my first winner on him which was over hurdles in Clonmel and there was there was a day I rode him where a horse fell in front of me and that split second moment where you think oh I'm gone because there was mm. no way around this situation in this yeah. in the moment and he was just so intelligent that he, he dodged the horse I nearly fell off him because he was he so jinked. sharp yeah. <laughs> he was so sharp and I was like oh god <laughs> like and it was that I remember that moment so well and just just it was so grateful to be riding such yeah. horses that would teach me so well and mind me and in essence, it, it gave me a lot of confidence um, going forward. And that's why down the line, I decided I decided that doing this, I only rode occasionally in point to points. I didn't really enjoy it. I guess I never really rode anything. Yeah. Uh, you know. Nothing worth riding. Nothing worth riding, really. Gordon actually gave me my first ride, my first few rides ever uh, in, a, in point to points on a horse called Ned's Return. It was an absolute legend mm -hmm. but other than that i didn't the other horses i was picking up there were horses you didn't really want yeah. to be riding so i didn't enjoy it whereas i loved riding on the track and um being full-time in in um in valley doyle improved my riding a lot so it gave me the confidence to feel like this is what i want to do more of and so i decided like if not now then never yeah and go for i it. guess basically at the time there was only one other conditional female in the country and that was rachel blackmore and I'm sure she's a household name. Absolutely, Everybody yeah. will know her. Um, and, uh, you know, a good friend of mine too. So, uh, and actually her turning had nothing to do with my decision either. I guess I just realised that... You're talking about it, turning professional now, Yes, Katie. turning professional, yeah. yeah. Um, that, I guess I just realised that down the line, if I look back and if I, if I don't do this, will I regret it? Mm -hmm. that, was, that was the question I asked myself and I said, absolutely, 100%, I will regret this if I don't give it a go. Because it's... I went through years of college and, you know, worked two years for Aidan O'Brien and it was a brilliant job, but it wasn't enough. And okay. I had to just kind of explore that a bit more. And, and you're obviously very light as well, so you can do all the bottom weights. Uh, well, not bottom, bottom weights, no. but I can I can do light enough for, yeah. for jump racing. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I turned conditional and it was a it was a hard graft for mm, a couple sure. of years. And not that was something I was well aware that it was going to be. Um, Rachel was the only girl that had gone ahead and done it, and and she, you know, it took her it took her some time to get going as well. But she had, she had a good backing with uh, Shark, and then she, you know she took off, and she, like I say, I needn't say any more about Absolutely, her. Yeah, she's tremendous, isn't she? Yeah, unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I guess I was always connected to 
Willie and Gordon. And this is before, you know, this is all well before Gordon was who he is today. Yeah, and, yeah. and and well, Willie, Willie was always a champion. Um, but I went back to those two. I came out, I, came, I left Ballydoyle and I went back to, I suppose, my roots, you could say. Yeah. And um, started working primarily for those two. And then did... did essentially it was freelance because mm -hmm. in Ireland you don't have to be um, signed on to someone I see um, like in England yeah like in England and yeah so I, I you know went into Willie on his work mornings went into Gordon once or twice a week every week and uh, in the in-between bits it took some time to realise where everyone was going to be what days they do things you know how could I maximise my time and say on a Tuesday if I was going to go to the Curra for Willie mm -hmm. in the afternoon, who else would be there? This That took time. So in the end, I had a really good schedule of madness, really. It sounds um, like it, goodness. But it, it was it was very efficient in that I, you know, I could I could do a journey to Limerick and fit three people in. You yeah, know, good, you know, yeah. ride out for Michael Harrigan first and then go across to Paddy Neville and then over to, to Quinn and Clare and School of Horse for, for uh, someone else, you know, so... <laughs> you have just... to be pretty good to be that organised. It's Harry, a good don't you? story, isn't it's it? It's a great story. Yeah, you can see why it was worth podding. I, I can indeed. Yeah, very much I so. Just, I just don't find myself that interesting. But <laughs> well, we do. I hope I hope other people will. <laughs> We're finding it interesting. Harry's had to listen to it twice. I'm interested. I'm still interested. <laughs> you, you're doing this is like you didn't. I'll be honest. You... I didn't tell you all this. No, you didn't <laughs> go into the. So I was sort of like. You were like, you gave me a bit of the story, but not all of it. The podcast listeners are getting much more than I got mm. on the journey to Linkfield. So, Katie, at what stage, you're obviously working, you're, you're, you're chasing your tail. At what stage did you think, I'm going to up and leave and, and come over here? How long were you that busy fitting a few horses in here, a few horses in there on the way to Limerick? And at what stage did that sort of daily grind become too much? And you thought, do you know what, there must be an easier way than this. Um, It's been... It's been, it's been a bit been of a hurt. journey, you know, to be honest. Yeah. It, obviously, it takes time to get yourself established, uh, you know, which I had done. And I was, you know, very lucky to have some smaller trainers like Shay Barry, who was very good to me in, in the beginning and had, you know, a number of horses that needed running and handicapped hurdles and, you know, just kind of filtered through those regular rides, which which was brilliant in, in mm -hmm. the initial stages. And But, you know, everyone's looking for that horse. Everyone's looking for that big win that can get them recognised and... You know, I remember having a winner for Gordon on a Saturday in Punchestown and it was just blown up into something that I couldn't have even expected. But it was it was because it was Saturday and it was Punchestown. It was Gordon. And it doesn't get like, any bigger it, than you that. You know what I mean? And, and at the time it was still early days. Um, But I guess I, f I feel like I was kind of on the edge of maybe, you know, inverted commas, getting going or whatever, um, how you put it. And I had a, a bad break uh two years ago um just on the gallops it was the day before the punchestown festival had started and so you when you when you work all year round for the likes of willie and gordon you don't get rides regularly but you live for christmas you know for for yeah. fairy house for punchestown for these big festivals with big handicaps where they want to claim off a lower weight or gordon likes to claim off the higher weights willie likes yeah. to claim off the lower ones um, you know, that's what you're going in for, that, you know, for that chance when they run a bunch or come Punchestown, you know, William Gordon, throw everything at it because it, it's the end. It's, it's you know, it's the end of the road and, for that season. And any ride you're going to get is going to be top class. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Abs it's going to be worth it. So, um, so right. the day before Punchestown, just doing standard work um, and I got a, a fall on the gallops, of just a fresh one. I just landed down on my ankle wrong and 
need absolute smithereens of it. Um, broke it all, broke my tibia, my fibula, my ankle. Wow. Tore the, <laughs> tore the socket across the top. Oh. And basically, I remember that morning because it was really nice weather. I just had my short Ariette boots on and a pair of jeans. So I didn't even have long boots or, no. or chaps on. But I remember I was on the gallop and I was looking down at my foot and I was like, I see it. But it's like not there. Like it wasn't attached to me anymore. Oh, oh my word. No, thank you. It was, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm Nasty. sorry, that is really yeah, that's really graphic. And yeah. every time I say that, people are like, no, that's that's yeah, enough. That is enough. Nasty. But anyway, it was the single most painful experience of my life. But I was lucky where I was on the gallops, uh, were fifteen minutes maybe from Whitfield Clinic where Tygo Doctor or Mr. Tygo Sullivan, the surgeon who'd be friends with my dad, works. And he, uh, like, I, someone just drove me straight there. Yeah. My dad rang Tyg, who was actually on holidays at the time, but not, as in he was off work. Yes. He hadn't actually gone anywhere. Luckily. He was at home. And he came in, he came in when he wasn't supposed to be working and gave me an operation straight away because if, if he left, if I was unlucky enough to say have to go to Oteven or a public hospital, it would have blown up so much they mightn't have been able to no it uh, sounds that way to operate for two weeks he said so he literally put me they put me on the table and did they, it there and like, then they did it there and then i have a plate and six screws in it now and Gosh. it was six months of a journey to come back from that so wow, goodness actually funny enough now it's only as penny that's after dropping uh part of my recovery was it was just such a, like you lose when you're out for that long you lose everything yeah you know lifetime of muscle that you've built up to be strong and fit and, and whatever you lose it all and you have to start from ground zero we hope you've enjoyed part one of Katie's story. Please listen back to part two with her fascinating account on Friday, where we hear how she comes back to action with a bang.